disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. <laughs> hey sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. This is your girl Snobby and we are going video. Woo! So now you can see us. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> so I am very happy to kick off my video version of this podcast with two of my nearest and dearest beauties. Introduce yourself. Hi everyone. My name is Siobhan. Um, I am from New York City, Harlem slash Washington Heights. Um, I am a I'm senior leadership at a major healthcare company. I'm very happy to be here. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So I got for you. <laughs> Hi everyone. I am Jennifer of Custom Chic. If you can see it, yes. <laughs> I am an attorney. I currently live in Orlando, Florida. You can find me on Instagram, customs underscore chic. Same thing you see on the shirt. And I am on YouTube as well with the same name. So happy to be here. Happy to be the first of many video podcasts with Black Girl SOS. So let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all for coming on. So today we are going to talk about when Black Girl Magic becomes Black Girl Tragic. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jen, you go first. Tell us about an experience that you had where you thought it was gonna be black girl magic and it ended up being black girl tragic, or it started out being black girl magic and ended up being black girl tragic. Um, so what I can probably so when I think about black girl magic, I think about us using any experiences or any achievements that we've had that other people do not acknowledge on our behalf to celebrate each other, right? And typically, you want to be rooting for your sister, you want to be rooting for your other Black girl, um, because nobody else is doing it. So the first incident that probably comes to mind is a job that I recently had where I was, um, I wasn't in senior leadership or anything. I was just a regular, regular employee. <laughs> but um, I thought it was an opportunity to kind of build a bridge with my superior, who was an African American woman or a black girl. Okay, she was black. Right. And for reasons, say it again. From a color or anything else, we're using the word black. Black. We blackity black, black, black all day. Okay, <laughs> today, tomorrow, and forever. So. I was really excited because it was the first time that I actually had a superior that was black. Um, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to like build a bridge, have somebody that I can talk to who can relate to my experiences, especially as a fellow black woman. And for whatever reasons, I don't know, we just never got along per se. I don't know if we disliked each other, but we just did not it didn't work out the way I thought it was. And I, sometimes I still kind of figure, try to figure out like, well, what happened? Where was the disconnect? And I don't know. And it can't be like jealousy or one person vying for the other person's job because like I said, she was my superior. Uh, but we just never really kind of hit it off the way I hope we would. And it became Black Girl Tragic. So it wasn't fun to work there. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't. I mean... It was a missed opportunity probably on both of our parts, right? Because we're always rooting for each other. But, you know, hey, que sera, sera. <laughs> no, that's right. So, so um, um, in one of my positions, um, as I said to you guys, I am senior leadership and, and 
probably in the last probably like 10 years, maybe seven to 10 years of my um, corporate career, I've been into your leadership positions. Um, and um, I got the opportunity to create a team um, from the ground up. I got a really nice budget, was able to create my team, was able Love to- Nice budget, that's a really, <laughs> yeah, really nice budget. Well, because everybody doesn't get one, so that's I got that, that too. Money. I got that <laughs> money, you know what I'm saying? I got that true money. So I got, the, I got a really nice budget. Was able to, what did you say? That I'll drink to that. <laughs> right, got my water. Um, so <laughs> I was able to create a team um, and, you know, for the company that I was at, the team usually was really local or regional. And I kind of went to HR and said, hey, I'd like to create a team from a national perspective. We're a national company. I want to recruit nationally. Um, I got the okay to do that. So, I, I, you know, I felt like I can really create something special. Um, and the company I was with, a lot of women that looked like me were in positions of authority, you know, vice presidents. And so that was something for me to look at and say, wow, um, some of them embraced me and some of them didn't, but that was okay because I wanted to create my own little utopia. So when I got that opportunity, um, I didn't necessarily go out and say, I'm going to create, I'm going to only hire black women. I wanted a diverse team. Um, it just so happened that based on the um, candidates I got, the majority of the couple, a couple of them were black and that was great. I had some Asian American women. I know we're talking about black girl magic, but I wanted to say it was that it was diversity. Listen, tell the truth. Right. right. We had some Latino <laughs> women. And so, but specifically, um, kind of narrowing it back down to like the black girl magic that I was trying to create that turned into black girl traffic. There was a lot of just uneasiness between people from a personality perspective that I didn't anticipate. There were a lot of, um, times where I felt like I needed to, you know, kind of continuously um, remind folks about the purpose of us and how we appear coming into some of these boardrooms where we may be the only one. Um, and so it was, you know, in my head, I had it all planned out. It was perfect. It was supposed it's to be utopia. Black it was a utopia. I had, I was going to create my own little utopia and it became Black Girl Tragic. And like Jennifer said, it was really perplexing to me because um, the, women, the women in my life um, that are African-American, that are Black, you know, we support each other. We champion each other. We know that we're all different and we have something different to offer. So wanting to create that in my professional environment, like I had in my personal life, was something that I yearned for. Um, and because I understand that we don't always get the opportunities. Um, when you look at somebody's resume because their name sounds a certain way or something like that, or you could tell from maybe an organization that they're a part of or um, a university or HBCU that they, that they went to or something like that, folks kind of push those um, to the side. So I took that as my opportunity to say like, look, I'm going to hire the best person, no doubt. But it just so happens that I really think that in most rooms, we are the best people. And, you know, so... You know, it didn't work out like that, you know, um, and I'm not to belabor or like kind of prolong because, you know, I can be long with it, Latasha, but, um, you know, kind of that was my downline, right? So I was a senior leader of, over that team um, and I got along with each, each person individually, which is another reason why I didn't understand why there were personality conflicts with some of the ladies. But when I look at my upline now, um, my company has gone through a lot of changes recently, and I look at the upline, and it's a it's a total black girl tragic situation. 
um, and I'll say this last piece, Latasha, um, and let you move on. And I don't know why I keep calling you Latasha, but <laughs> you know, I, I was like, well, you know, I was like, Dad, I owe sis money. Look, I was over here like, yeah, that sounds because great. I'm in yeah, my bed right now. I'm, I'm in my bed right I'm now. I'm not whole friends. <laughs> we friends, friends. I was in my bed. I, I was in my bag. No, so Tosh, pretty much always in my bag. So pretty much most recently, so it's all good. My name is out there. Most recently, you know, coming, like I said, coming into that company, I saw that there were a lot of women of color, particularly black women that were in high positions of authority. So um, a lot of different changes and organization changes in my company. And I found myself having the choice as to who I wanted to report to. I had to pick up the litter. I was, I was pretty, I was sought after in these corporate streets. Um, (laughs) Okay. And I decided to kind of see if I can continue to build that bridge because of the different changes in my organization and say like, Hey, this, 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 this person, African-American woman, black woman, you know, I I feel like I can really assist her. She was going to be my, my superior. I feel like I can really assist her. There was some things that I identified in her that, you know, I didn't think that she was going to do well at and I had a little bit more experience but there were some things that she had a little bit more experience of again mirroring my personal life so I said you know what this is an opportunity to on a different level show the company how we can come together and it's been to be to put to be quite Peter Frank Frank and Paul and Jim and Jay um it's been terrible it's been horrible um it's been a crabs in a barrel situation um, and I'll stop it right there, Tosh, so you can continue because that that conversation is on. But it's been horrible. You hate to see it. You hate to. See it. <laughs> you hate to see I it. Hate to see it. You really hate to see it. Before I transition, Jen, did you want to say something? I did. I wanted to say that it's so interesting that it becomes this black girl tragic sort of scenario because typically most of the times it's like this so psychosocial male dominated area and that's why black women can't pr- progress but when it's us and we try to figure out like well how come we're not progressing here like why are we not helping each other why are you not supporting me in the way that i want to be supported need to be supported and want to give the same to you it's just, it's i don't i don't understand so that no. was where i was going because so my first black girl magic term black girl tragic moment was before there was a term. And <laughs> the, the term didn't exist. I was right. in high school. 78. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I was in high school. I had a part-time job through a youth organization in my neighborhood. And one of the women that worked there, who was like, you know, higher up there, she was a black woman. She had went to college. She was a member of the sorority that at the time I thought I wanted to belong to. Again, this is high school. I really didn't know any better. Um, and that was a little shade, but it don't matter. It was a lot of shade. Yes, yes, that was yes. like, yes, yes. Go ahead. That was your truth. Go ahead. Sorry, the truth. So this woman, um, I I kind of like interned under her. And she was the worst. She was the absolute worst. Like, I couldn't stand her. And I was not alone. Like, she really just, she was one of those Black people that felt like there was only space for one. And I understand now, as an adult who's very well educated and very well navigated in these spaces, that that is a condition that many Black 
yet in corporate America, but as a high school student, mm-hmm. when I'm looking for mentorship and leadership, that shit wasn't it. Yeah. Right. Shit, and from there, from there, I always kind of had a guard about Black women who mentor me. Not that I would not allow it because I always sought it out, but that I would just always watch to see how they interact with other people. Because you're going to put on for me because I'm younger than you. I'm not where you want to be. So it's easier in your mind to impress. But I'm watching how you interact with the people that you can't impress. And that's what that experience gave me. What did you guys get from your experience of Black Girl Tragic? Sure, you want to go first? Um, What I've gotten from my experience is that kind of something I already knew. We're not on a monolith. We're, we're different people, personality-wise, how we grew up, and the sense of community that I was looking for just is not always going to be there. So all of your skin folk are not going to be your kinfolk. Amen. And that's the only thing that, that is one of the main things I learned, and it's still disappointing, and I don't think I'll ever stop trying to build those bridges, but it is definitely something, and again, you know, I just kind of feel like... You just have to try to move past it and understand that that person is an individual and that that's not, that doesn't have to be your repetitive experience um, in this space. So, yeah. I agree. I think it's my, my takeaway is probably a mixture of the both of you is that, you know, if that person was not able to mentor you in the way you needed or the way you had perceived that you wanted to walk away from this relationship with, maybe it's not personal. Maybe they were in a space where they couldn't give you that. And maybe the next person who mentors you, if it was a mentorship relationship, um, you will receive that. Or like Sho said, all, you know, skin folk ain't, I mean, kin folk ain't the saying. Why am I mixing it up right now? <laughs> well, skin folk ain't your kin folk. Ain't your kin folk, right. I was like, why I is like, that not right? When I, when I said it, I did like this so I could remind myself. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is a good trick. I'm going to... I'm going to use that uh, moving forward. But yeah, I essentially learned that like, okay, everybody ain't for you, right? And just because this didn't work out with this particular person, that does not mean that the next relationship or the next Black girl magic scenario that I go into um, will become tragic. And don't take it personal because everybody ain't for you. So That's a really good one, not to take it personal. Yeah. I don't know whether I took it personal or not because I was young. I do know that it absolutely altered my mentorship relationships moving forward and in truth i i think i have been predominantly since that experience mentored by men yeah mm. and i find that my person my- comes across in in my employment <laughs> <laughs> people who work with me probably, they probably get that <laughs> my style is a very very you know i'm gonna say what i gotta say and i'm not gonna tap dance around your feelings right. And not that that's not my actual personality, because it is, but that's probably also why being mentored by me was more, you know, was there was more alignment for me in finding mentorship in men. But I was very, very, very disappointed in how that transpired. But it absolutely opened my eyes to the fact that this will happen again. And it, and it, and it has, you know, social settings and corporate settings, it has... I have literally watched what should be like the apex of black girl magic or what has been, you know, in many, in certain circumstances in my life, I really have had some awesome moments, 
of Black Girl Magic that I found myself sitting in a crumble. Like, how did you get here? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Deborah Cox. <laughs> I know you don't want to start no singing. We don't. Because we know you have a song on, you your, a song on your heart. Then this moment will go from Black Girl Magic to Black Girl Tragic. <laughs> so what do we think that we need to do to foster Obviously, we can't foster this. We can't make anybody else do what they're not going to do. But I do know that all of us have and continue to mentor, you know, younger women. So what what do we do to foster more Black girl magic and to prohibit, or at least do our best to prohibit the young women we mentor from being the conduit to Black girl tragic? Right. Um, I think the first thing is, we remember our own experiences. We remember the black girl tragics, right? And remember how they made us one feel, how we either had an aversion towards black on black female relationships, not, you know, platonic, obviously, that's what we're talking about. I was like, look, I was like, this could, I was like, let me make sure I'm being very clear here. Um, but so to make sure when we're taken from our experiences and we are genuinely pouring into, you know, whoever it is that we're mentoring, if we have the, uh, the honor to do that. And sometimes the people we mentor are not in a space. It's, the young girl that I mentor, she was not in a space to be receiving mentorship. She just kind of was doing it for, you know, high school credit. So sometimes people don't really want to hear what you are trying to pour into their lives. And that could be a Black girl tragic situation for them. Mm-hmm. But we have to make sure that we are, you know, continuously remembering hey, I'm trying to pay it forward, just like somebody did it for me if it was successful. And if it wasn't successful, you take those failures and you turn them you know, upside down. I think that's the first step, just remembering what your experience was and what was negative about it and making sure you kind of steer away from moving down that same path. Definitely, definitely. I definitely agree, Jenny. That, that's a really good point. I think for me, what I think managing expectations, right? Um, I will be very clear. I lead with my Blackness. I lead with my Blackness. I am very much in tune with who I am as a Black woman. Um, I think in your personal life, in your professional life, in mentorship situations, I don't think you should communicate, this is about to be a Black girl magic experience. I don't think you lead with that. I think you lead with it. It needs to say, if it's going to be it, it's going to be it. It's going to be it, right. Because you don't know... Like I said, we're not a monolith. We all we all have different personalities. We all have different strengths. So I think you lead with trying to find that common ground outside of that. Even though I know I lead with my blackness, I don't need to say it to anybody right. um, in that type of situation. I think that when you set that up as such, which is what happened in my most recent experience, this is about to be black girl magic. To this day, this person says this, and I'm like, it is tragic. And I've said, I've been very open. I'm like, this is tragic. This is not black girl magic because black girl magic is supportive and it's yes. inclusive. And we are from a communal people. We are, we come from a matriarchy. This is not black girl magic. So I think to answer Tasha's question is that you might want to lead with why you're engaging in that relationship. You know what I mean? Like you might want to say like, okay, this is a mentorship situation. And yes, we're black women and that is absolutely important. But let's talk about other things too, because if you lead with that and you make it and you create that space, you might let somebody down or they might think they know something about you just because you're both black that they don't know about you and they might take certain things for granted. So 
you know, although I do lead with my blackness, I don't need to articulate it all the time, even though I did it here. But <laughs> I don't need to articulate it all the time in those spaces. And I may have something in my head, which is why I think I got let down when I tried to create that utopia. Um, I think I, I, you know, so I think managing your expectations, I think what you can do though, is that you can make it a part of the story. It just can't be everything. Even when, you know, because Jennifer is different from me, Tasha is different from me, I'm different from you guys. And so celebrate your differences. Understand you do have a shared history and a shared experience in this country and in, in this world. Well, that's a but, really interesting point because we don't. All of us don't. And that is what I was addressing when we were in Ghana, mm -hmm. that it is those of us that don't, many people migrated here. Like a lot of people are not even first generation Americans. They are like, literally, there's no Americans in their family. Mm -hmm. Literally, no Americans in their family. And, and, they, and, and their version of their experience here, in their mind is so different from ours that they feel privileged enough to look down on us. And I was talking about this when we were in Ghana because what you just said was that we have a shared experience here in America. And I'm saying- No, that's not what I'm, I'm sorry, then I misspoke. What I'm saying, I'm saying like historically as a people from a, a diasporic place, we have a shared experience as, as people of color. Right? That's what I mean. I don't mean knowledge. Like in their mind, they don't have that experience. And so it's not shared if you don't acknowledge it's your experience. Right. That might, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm talking about historically, like we all are descended from the continent. Right, I see what you're saying. On the same page at the start of the same paragraph. But when you don't acknowledge that that is also your experience, right, it's hard to connect. Share. That's a really good point. Because I guess that's when going to the Right, it's hard to connect because, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's what, sorry, Tosh, go ahead. Oh, no, my bad. Um, but these are conversations that I had, and I don't want to lose um, the, the train of thought we're all on, but to the point is that when we were in Ghana for Year of the Return, one of the posts I wrote when we went to visit um, the, the slave dungeons, because I have no idea why it's called a castle, the slave right. dungeons. Still, why it's still called the castle. Still, in 2020, <laughs> it's called the castle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was a castle for somebody, but not for the slaves. Right. 2020, we, we're calling that a castle. But when we, were, when we left the slave dungeon and I posted on social media, I was addressing a lot of people, a lot of people that I know yeah. personally, and the fact that they feel like they are better than American descendants of slaves because they do not feel like we have a shared experience here. Their version of the Black experience here, and this is shit that's been said directly to me, so I'm not making this shit up mm -hmm. they came here they worked hard they were able to make it and and let me tell you something they haven't all made it <laughs> but remember well, making, yeah because making it is very subjective it and is you, you that's true a lot less and you just have a little more hair it could feel like making it to you right right making it is extremely subjective but from being born and raised in a first world country they have not made it. No. no. But their, their, of their experience is that they came here, they worked hard, they made it. And that we're lazy, we're complaining, and, and we're not, it's, it's that we're not like taking the opportunities that are given to us. And I'm often like, listen, sis, bro, your version of making it really is still poverty in America. 
And that's what you don't understand. And you don't understand that. And we, and that's why I say, even when our experiences are shared, they are not shared. They're different. Yeah. Not consider that. Their our perception of those experiences are definitely not. Yeah. Shared. I think they're saying, yeah, it's I, yeah. <laughs> it's that, that's, and I, and I guess and that's and I got to manage my and that's why I say kind of go back to like managing your expectations. So that's why I try to manage my expectations. And even in that moment, Absolutely. I was like, what does she mean? You don't have a shared experience because we you and I talk. So I'm like, she well, knows well. well. She was like, we don't, I was like, but that's a good point. We do not, you know, and I've heard that argument. I mean, in undergrad, my freshman year, I had oh, some young ladies from the continent tell me that I don't have a culture. I don't have anything. And, and I, and you know, and, and I, at 18, you will, well, at this age, you liable to get punched in the face, but at 18, you liable. Pitch is altered, but. <laughs> but at 18, you <laughs> I'm on here, oh. I'm at the now. <laughs> Speaking of shared experiences, mine is kind of the inverse. So my family, you know, migrated here from Africa. And for, let me just say this. If you are able to migrate from the continent to America to start a better life because of oppression or whatever it is, you are part of the privileged class, okay? Let's, let's just start there because your average person on the continent cannot afford a ticket for a whole family to uproot and start a new life. That is in and of itself a privilege. But my experience when I came here was I wasn't Black enough. Right, because I didn't eat collard greens. Well, I eat them now. From the continent. Listen, I was just as confused. Listen, like, this, is, you know, this is thirty-six. <laughs> this is thirty-six-year-old me navigating through that thought process. Right, these are some mean little second graders. I don't even remember. I think I was like, oh, well, kids, wow, kids are right. saying kids always. Um, but the <laughs> the often I would hear, well, you're not black enough because you don't eat collard greens and you don't have like, oh, how come you don't celebrate Kwanzaa? I was like, I've never heard of Kwanzaa. I heard about Kwanzaa here. Like, oh, well, how come you don't know? So you're not African, then you're not black American. It's African American. That's what messes me up. I'm like, is it? Yeah. So isn't that interesting that like for- no, but well, most well not most Africans but I have heard this discussion or this like this position that we don't have the same experience as black Americans because our struggle was different like Africans suffered with classism or were oppressed or classism and then there was racism in America so while we were oppressed by white people it wasn't the same but I'm like okay oppression is oppression, so oppression I'm not is really oppression. and then I'm gonna be honest with you, white you people. <laughs> globally and let Hello. Me say, right. And let me say this, and this is what kind of, and I know I don't want to like get off topic of this, but this is kind of what I want people to understand, especially in the current environment that we're in. Jennifer, and I had to say this to somebody in undergrad, I said, let me, let me be really clear with you, since, we, since you don't rolled up on the shores of the mainland. <laughs> when, when, right. When you and I, when you and I walk down the hall, they do not know. There's no distinction. From the Congo and that there is no the distinction. Yeah, is they no don't distinction. stop to ask, do you have a green card? Can I see your no, visa? How no, did you get nothing. here? Nothing. They no. don't care about any of that. They are, we are physical. We are just looked at for our physicality and the melanin in our skin, which and is that's why. Enough of a, that's enough of a yeah. familiarity. You know what? Yeah. It's funny you say that um, because in college, I used to say that to a lot of our Latino friends, not that they disagreed because truth be told, I found in college that more of my Latino friends understood their blackness Facts. in this country than my African friends. And that's 1000% the truth. Yeah, 1000%. Well, I'll tell you because Africans, a lot of Africans don't, don't. Because yeah. I don't want to leave the West Indians out because they also <laughs> show they <laughs> 
and were under, was under some impression that there were differences that really only exist in your house at your kitchen table. These, these differences don't really exist as we move about the fucking cabin. Right. As, we, if, as we're driving up the fucking I-90 in, in Western New York, they say nigga get out the car, they talking to all of us. All of us. Differentiating where you came from. Right. Like, I'm only looking for the niggas from the Bronx. No, they're talking to everybody. Right. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's true. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. And I found it very interesting that I my Latino friends got it more yeah. than my Caribbean and my African friends in college. I'm like, bro, because back home, it, it was the exact opposite. In New York City, you tell a Latino that they even have any association with the Black, and they be like, no, no, not me. <laughs> me. You too, e too. E too, the mommy. accent always kills me. E the accent. <laughs> You are somebody that has the experience. You the same it, it, it's very true. It's like, yo, they're talking to you too, Bobby. Just IYF and FYI. We're all getting out this fucking car on the side of the road. That, and just to kind of reiterate what you said, that's Tom, that. Father, me the, the other day, I was on um, Instagram and I start saying, I see like, you know, agents for Black Lives Matter, this group for Black Lives Matter. Then I start seeing the, the hyphenations for that. Black people are saying Nigerian Americans for Black Lives Matter. Jamaican Americans for Black Lives And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Sis, like, sis, we're talking to you too. You oh, wow. This, I, don't, I started seeing that. Um, I'm going to try to find it when I saw it and send you guys a screenshot. But I was just like, to me because I've seen it. I, I have, oh, I haven't seen it. I have some friends well, send it to me. <laughs> I have some friends who are leading the, the um, West Indians for Black Lives Matter. However, it's for Black Lives Matter, not for, like, you know, I don't know if I'm wording the name of their, their shit right, but I'm just like, all y'all needed to write was Black Lives Matter because you're black. That's it. That's, That's the only not, thing. I don't get, like, I, don't I showed up on my cousin because. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that, I think that's that's to your point, Tasha. Is like. Oh yeah, no. That's sure. the, you you see you still see yourself as a distinction, like oh it's not us. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. In New York, that's still a thing. Right. And, you know, this guy that used to work for me. Um, He's now the director where I used to be the director at. He's African. He's from um, Ghana. And he was getting into it with people because he's like, stop, stop acting like this shit is not our fight too. Like, we're right. all shit together. Right. Like, and he was going off. And I was like, yo, one time for you. One yeah. time for you. Good right. job. Because it's very easy to veer off course. But to the point of me saying that um, my Latino friends in college got it more, now that I'm thinking about it, I also, I find, or now that I'm thinking about it, that many more people that sought mentorship from me were Latino. Yeah. Opposed to black women. Like I, like, I literally can think of everyone who sought mentorship from me. Not whether or not we were, you know, kind of placed in that position because I was already an, a higher up in the same organization or the same club or whatever that right. they, by proxy or by default. I yeah. Was, but people that literally sought me out and asked me, yo, sis, let's talk about this ass. People that sought me out predominantly have been Latino. And that's even before I knew about my own, you know, my own Latino roots. Yeah. Who has sought me out? And I, now that I'm thinking about that, I find that very interesting, and I also find that to be a little bit of black tragic. That is, and I think yeah. you made 
good point for saying that, like, not within the own, because I had an opposite experience, and that was because I was, like I said, I lead with my blackness a lot, a lot, even though I said I shouldn't have to say it, but hey, it is, it's being, it's being, right. So I was in a lot of, like, the Black Student Union Club, like, that was my club, like, that was it, Black Women United, kind of, and so a lot of those women were Black, and they really kind of align themselves with saying, hey, can you teach me this? Can you show me this? Can you tell me about this? Um, and that- I was in the same clubs. I was literally the head of the People of Color Council. I oversaw all of the cultural clubs. But that's, well, I already had all the Black girls sold up. We were spreading the love of all of this fabulousness and all this Black girl magic. So that's what that was. Well, what can I ask a question? So, why do you guys think some some black girl magic dynamics work, and why some don't? Because I remember in law school. I mean, even though I went, we went to HBCU law school. I can stand a lot of them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and and right. Them, so, so right? there was that. But then there were also some really genuine relationships built and formed who have lasted not only with our peers, but with our professors too. So it, you have to ask yourself, like sometimes it's probably just that one individual because we all know it can happen. We yeah. see black girl magic every day, all day. But when it goes awry, I'm always like, I'm always baffled. Like, well, what happened here? Because some people want you to acquiesce to, to them. They feel like you can be the only one. Okay, yes, they work. testimony. Get the plan around. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. It's, it's no, a lot of... It's a word because I feel like that's exactly what it was for yeah. me in law school. Women that were ahead of us in class felt like we needed to bow down. First of all, sis, I'm older than you. Second of all, I came right. from America. Third of all, you're broke. Mind how you talk to me because... Monitor the tone. Monitor well, the tone. And so... I agree with that acquiescence shit. I do. Yeah. I, agree with you. I mean, that's and that's what it is. It's like you like again, work situation. I don't. I, I really don't have a lot of black girl tragic in my personal life, and I think that's because again, I'm not around women. I don't. I try not to be around women or really like engage with women that just are not cool within themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really have some level of self confidence to be right. around. Type A personalities. Like there's there are women in my circle who I know hands down, they're smarter than me in a lot of ways. And I'm like, shoot, good. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. You the and, smartest person at everything, you in the wrong circle. Bro, you in the right. wrong room. Yeah. And, and then there's gonna be certain things that I have that I can lend to them. And everybody's super comfortable being right. who they are. And when you have that, you don't have that. Well, she needs to bow down to me, she needs to do this. I mean, I had friends that I've had since high school. And, um, you know, there was a break in our friendship because there was a whole, there was a certain level of this is the boss and this is, I was like a boss of who, you know? And like, when stuff like that happens, you, did the I w- mean, two come because I didn't get <laughs> what happened? I said, did the W2 come because I didn't get That's it. what I said. I said, I'm not getting paid. And no. so like this, this whole thing of having to, to pay deference to someone just because that does not work. I don't care. Like even again, and within my, um, you know, corporate setting or my career, rather, I'm not going to acquiesce to someone who doesn't earn my respect. If you, act like a, if you act like a donkey's ass, I'm going to treat you like a donkey's ass. And I'm going to tell you probably too. 
So yeah, no. It's also so, a false perception. I think I think a lot of people think that the new person coming into whatever scenario it is, that they're less than, that they know less, right? That have less experiences. Just because I'm new to you doesn't mean I'm new to this. Right. So yeah, right. you gotta stop making assumptions about people. It's like they instead of wanting to take you on and maybe mentor you or show you the ropes, they wanna show you, they wanna show themselves up. And it's like, sis, that's not necessary. Obviously, I got the job, so there's room for the two of us, but sometimes there's people so feel much, threatened. Feel so, like much there's so much room. There's, that's the thing. There's so much room. There's so much space. The landscape for us is, is unparalleled. It's, 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 it's for the ether. That's the landscape there's for no us. There's no amount of resources. But yes. Just, yes. just to you know, circle back to mentorship, law school was another place that I felt was extremely black girl tragic. I yeah. felt like from the minute I walked in that door, the women that should have been offering mentorship, like, hey, sis, this is what you need to know. This is this is how you push through. Uh, it was none of that. One of the first conversations I remember and will never forget is a Black woman telling me and Jennifer that we wouldn't even be friends. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. I felt like that was the intro, sis. That, first of all, yes. your, your comment was unsolicited. So that's, that's issue number one. That's another problem. That right. That you wasted all of that fucking energy. Right. Walking from wherever the fuck you were into our business to give us negative feedback. Unwarranted negative right. feedback. Right. And this is supposed to be an upperclassman, right? You're but this is but you know what that is again. This is a person that's probably seeing that you guys are gonna be friends. That's gonna be a relationship that you can't be. This is how our school, unfortunately, at the time was. A lot of them were catty with each other. And then the class after them was catty with each other. And then they were in the battle for who could be the fucking Real Housewives of Atlanta alumni. Catty. Right. Uh, yeah. No, seriously, they were looking for the MRS instead of the ESQ. And I was like, we came here for the letters at the end, and not the ones at the front. Exactly. The energy was very different. And our class, <laughs> our class was super, super tight before we met each other. Yeah. We had the fortune of a Yahoo group. So we all had been in communication. We all had kind of started getting a feel for each other's personality. We had already started building a friendship before we ever actually met, which is something they didn't know, which is why it was extra tragic. Like, you don't even know us, and you didn't even take the opportunity to get yes, to know us. I'd be like, yo, your class is real tight. Look at this. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was never like, or reach back in the way that I thought it was going to be. And that's not to say that we didn't have some dope black women that did look out for us. Right. But in large scale, the, the people that really took care of me the most as far as mentorship, again, men. Men. Yeah. And I, you say that, and when you said that you were going to HBCU for law school, I was like, ooh. Girl, because I, was <laughs> I know, but, but this is, this is, I, I realize this now as you're saying it. I was like, because when we were doing undergrad, I think we all had we kind of. We were trying to go to HBCU together. We were trying to go to HBCUs, but in my mind. Morgan, but Morgan had that high STD rate. STD rate, I couldn't do it. I was like, nah. Oh, I'm like, I'm trying to be outside. What? I'm like, trying to be outside. I can't be having that. Was wild, baby. I didn't see that one coming. Oh, it was crazy. That was a deciding factor. I was like, oh, oh. Well, no, it's an important deciding factor. I just, I didn't, I wasn't ready. Oh, no, we can't do it. So we, but what was always in the back of my head, Tosh, is that I was like, damn, 
I don't want to go here and have this different world mentality. Like this is, I mean, cause it was cattiness there, but like, I was like, but I was like in my head, in the back of my head, as, as much as I love black people in general, I was like, it's going to be some nasty cattiness for no reason. And that, and honestly, not, not that I was going anywhere after, um, after undergrad, cause UB was paying for all of that. Thank you, UB. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I always admired the fact that you did the um, PWIs um, and then that's how, that's, that's it, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure I had that right. Yeah. I'm, that, I, okay. You know, All skin whatever. folk, ain't kin folk. Yeah. Got it. You know. Got to say, yeah, exactly. I had, to, I had to get that in my head. And then like that you kind of ventured off and went to an HBCU. And I don't want to say venture off because that's where we started, but it was always in the back of my head is I wonder how her um experiences there and um I remember I I remember coming down for graduation and hearing about all your friends I was like who are these people (laughs) who are these who are these that the folks there were a lot it was so beautiful to see that so I think some of the desire it was our class. We were the leaders. Yeah, there was no more. Yeah, yeah. We right. were the upperclassmen and we ushered right. people in properly. And we were really big on mentorship. Like, we were super big. The minute we became 2Ls, we were dead set on making sure that we, for real, mentored, looked out. If you need outlines, you need books. Um, right. You know, Hollis, Winter Fam. Right. I, I get my damn locker. Sis, stop right. dragging books around. Use this. Book. Oh. Right. We really made sure that we gave what we did not get. And, and so I know we would right. what did we get from having black girl tragic moments. Yeah. Yeah. I circle back to what I was saying in the beginning, just remembering what our experiences were and making sure that we were not perpetuating that in the future. Cause we were like, why not why don't they like us, but like why did this end this way? Like this was an ample opportunity for you to like put me on make sure that we succeed as much as you do and not because they had to but because we wanted to like we're at hbcu like when i went to ucf which is pwi what am i thinking for that i mean we had the black student union we had all that but it wasn't this you know homogenous place for black people it was that's not where you know but it really was like a beautiful site and i got to see that and i and i didn't realize what kind of uh see that put in me like I would you know because again going to a PWI we still I still felt like it was blackity blackity black and or Latina <laughs> you know I really right. felt like we really we ran a lot of stuff in Buffalo we in general. and we made and, and once we got high enough in our clubs first of all we came in awesome we've been to take this whole shit over we came in over with a, we came in focused and with an agenda and by Sophomore year, everybody was in some form of leadership, whether you sat on the e-board, whether you sat on a committee, everybody was in leadership somewhere. And by junior year, we was in the essay office. It was operation, take this shit over necessary. And that's why it felt hella blackity black, because we made sure that that was our experience. So like going to your graduation, it was like, but to see nothing but black people and everybody smiling and getting along and nobody's looking at well look at her and, this, and none of that catty nonsense the white gaze, the white gaze. yeah it's exactly none of that white gays bullshit and none of that well she ain't all that and all, it's just bullshit i didn't see it i'm not i'm sure that everybody has their you know again right but that to me i was like that's how things should look and i think just growing up with certain with some of my friends Taj, we've known each other since we were 13 
we used to say in high school, oh, we all going to be lawyers. That was back when we were all going to be lawyers. Tasha was the one that actually became a lawyer. But <laughs> we were all going to be lawyers and had like an Ally McBill office. Like we was going to be the fly lawyers. We was going to hire all these black people. It was, But that was already in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that is in you. So it's like, if that's not in you and that's not where your, your heart and your desire land you, then you're probably not going to act in that way. And that's what, and that, and so I know we've talked about a lot of like tragic experiences, but I kind of wanted to shed some light on some experiences that I didn't even realize like, dang, that's what kind of put a notion in my head. I know I already had it, but that was, that's what reinvigorated it. It's like, wow, she's black, she's black, she's black. Oh, black. Okay. Us going on to um the, the boat joint, the yacht week. Whole yeah. bro, whole yacht of black women. We a were black, the, yeah. We were the minds uh and it was a cu- another couple of There was another people. yacht, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. It was us. Yeah. And I'm not gonna shade the sisters. I'm not gonna shade them, but I'm just you know, even though they weren't all being friendly in the beginning, they had to the right. But right. that's another moment that pissed me off because I'm like, yo, we are in the whitest part. Of of the Europe 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 it does not get wider than Eastern Europe and you motherfuckers are like not trying to commune yeah but or, you know, or there's still this sense of and I don't I'm even know you I'm gonna make for damn sure you're okay off the strip yeah. <laughs> But you know what happened really quickly? I know, Jenny, you were, you were hopping in. I think what happened on that trip, again, is what Jennifer was saying, is like, you have to be that example, like you guys did in law school. They weren't friendly to us all the way, but we kept being friendly with them, and then all of them came around to being friendly with us. Absolutely. And it's like, girl, we ain't here to be in competition with you. We're and all that's here. what I was going to say. We all here. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Their initial, like, energy was, we do this and we do that, so there was, like, a lot of name dropping. They were like, Okay, because I'm pretty sure we're all on the Andratic Sea, or is that, am I wrong? Am I, like, <laughs> we're all here together, right? So clearly we are both doing enough yeah. of whatever it is we're doing to be here together. But yeah, initially it was that constant competition. If we opt to act as petty as you, your feelings are going to be hurt. Be glad. that <laughs> And rejoice in it. Yeah. And, ooh. <laughs> And look at the this. song, the song in your heart starting to come out. Look, I'm trying not to let it come out. No, it's it's a song. Hello. <laughs> you about to sing the song. Yeah, I think about to sing the songs. Yeah, we just have to be, we just have to be a little bit better. And I understand that there's a lot of things that we didn't get into. Like there are historical reasons as to why we act may act away with each other. Some of us are aware of it and some of us are not. Right. Absolutely. I, 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 there's, there's definitely historic shit behind to everything. everything yeah. Black in this country. Let's just slavery. can you balance racism, slavery. Slavery is always the answer. But I did want to say one of the other things that is super important in making sure that Black Girl Magic does not become Black Girl Tragic, and I have had to chin check myself on this is are you prepared to be an actual good mentor are you doing this shit for show there have been many times where people have reached out to me like yo i got this program yo mentor and i'd be like yeah yeah i'm gonna do it because i always want to help out but as you know i'm getting into you know whatever the pre-process before i actually meet the 
the young person because once I meet the young person, I, I'm I'm gonna do what I. It's do. over. Yeah, you're committed. Right. You're in. Yeah, you're committed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna abandon you because I got shit to do. No, I'm I'm already here. But you know, when I'm going through the pre process of getting there, there have been more than one occasion when I've been like, yo, I'm not really even in the headspace to contribute to this person the way I need to. I got mm -hmm. some shit one I need to deal with or two. My schedule is so crazy. I'm gonna find myself rescheduling and rescheduling and that shit starts to come off like you're brushing that person off and you don't, mm -hmm. really, you don't really give a fuck and that's definitely not the impression I want to give because that you know spirals into a whole bunch of other shit and I do think that we as professional women maybe not so much us three on this on this uh podcast but just in general those of us with the right mindset that really want to make sure that we usher in the next generation that sometimes we may take on more than we have the time for and more than we can really give. And sometimes we got to chin check ourselves on that because that could also lead to black girl tragedy. Definitely. Definitely. Sure. Because you're going to impress on opportunity to make some closing remarks before we head out. Go ahead, Jen. Um, I was going to say, I love the fact that you wanted to bring up examples of black girl magic because it is true. We see it every day. I mean, it's not always this like uber fantastic Serena Williams beat the, you know, US yeah. Open or Beyonce had the, I don't know, or like the first digital virtual fashion show. It's everyday things that other people don't really recognize, not other people, that white people don't recognize about us, <laughs> right? Um, but I am grateful for the opportunities to contribute and I'm grateful to have had situations or been in situations where they were tragic because, you know, I know how to move about the cabin now. I know how to better present myself and like you said making sure that we're not taking on too much on our plate so that we can give pour out to people because if you're empty you're not really giving much to anybody but um make sure you follow me on instagram customs that was a shameless plug i was like oh she's gonna give me the room bet there you go but thank you for having me. This has been great as always. I always enjoy talking to you ladies. So, yeah. And I will definitely add it to the caption. So no worries. Um, I think for me, it's just, as Tasha said, checking myself. I, I do that a lot. I, I, I've grown a lot just as a human being. And um, one of the largest things that I've realized is that we do have to show people grace. I do like to give people opportunities to become a better version of themselves as I'm trying to become a better version of myself and working through things. And so when you think about black girl magic versus black girl tragic, you have to think about like, just, um, I think this is probably really fitting for this podcast is like people get to be a whole person. Yeah. Tasha has said that so much. And when she first said it, I'm like, of course people get to be a whole person, but that means all the ugly parts of them too. All right. Um, and, you know, you have to sometimes understand that, like we've all been saying, sometimes people are just not in the space. That should not prohibit you from continuing or trying to do your best in, in whatever place you could do your best in and how you can contribute to someone. Like they said, the marathon continues. And I think that this has been an amazing experience for me to get to, I mean, I talk to you guys all the time, but in this forum to talk to you guys about something like this, um, it's just so great because you know, somebody might see this and go, oh, wow, like, they really get along. They all have their own different things going on. They all are successful in their own right, but they still champion each other. They still, you know, um, you know, encourage each other. They check each other. 
and you know like somebody correcting you especially in a public forum instead of you going like Tasha was like no that's not true and I was like what you mean and she was like um because everybody doesn't have the same experience and I was like oh girl why and that when you show when you are open to someone being that being able to you know critique you and being able to um, offer you something and you're well and you're ready to receive it I think that's the best place to be but again everybody gets to be a whole person be be gracious and calm with each other and just try to remember that um hopefully hopefully all of us are trying to get somewhere positive and again thank you for having me um my instagram is <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I like that. I like you know you got to be willing to learn from your sisters. So there you go. There you go. Is um a underscore Lord L O R D E seventy nine Lord for Audrey Lord a underscore L O R D E seventy nine. I'm on Instagram. I'm gonna make myself um public because I'd be private. Like I got a million followers, but I don't. <laughs> I, I'm definitely gonna add now that you've made it available to the public. I will. Right. I will. <laughs> I'll add it to the caption and, you know, before I leave, just my closing sentiments are, I think as you grow and you navigate spaces, it's almost inevitable that you'll have a black girl tragic moment. If you are a black girl who sincerely believes in black girl magic, because, you know, we already covered that all skin folk and kin folk. So it's got to be some genuineness in, in you moving about the cabin as a black girl to actually exude black girl magic. And if that is genuine in you, unfortunately, you will, will disappoint you. <laughs> you will have an experience of black girl tragic. What, yeah. I, what I offer you is Sankofa, take an opportunity to look back at what went wrong and try to move forward in the right way in your own space. And sis, until next time. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you. Bye. <laughs>